So I'd like to share a little bit. Um, I'm going to pull the, the handout that we, we got come in and called Honoring Our Time Together. And I'm, I'm going to go over that at the same time I'm talking. So it's probably going to be a little bit of back and forth of sharing and really holding that focus on spirit with that and not making it a mental process. And one of the things I want to share about, you know, over the years we've talked about guidelines and how to hold a focus. And, and also we thought we'd kind of reinvigorate or reinstate some of that to support all of us and renaming Evie and calling honoring our time together rather than guidelines, like a lot of people like to say, we call them our non-guidelines, because a lot of people end up now making them rules, and anytime the mind starts to create a box or a structure, it makes anything a rule, it creates a limitation. And that's one thing that really is going the opposite direction of what we're attempting to do here in ILM, is that we want to move in the direction of freedom and liberation. But it's important to understand there's a way by which we do move into that freedom and liberation. And in order for that to happen, there needs to be some type of focus in knowing how to hold our attention on the divine. Because in truth, it is only in spirits that we experience freedom and liberation. Only in spirits. And so part of the challenge is is giving up any expectations or desires or attachments of having freedom here in this world. This world is not a place where freedom exists. It just doesn't, other than the spirit of who we are. That is truly the only thing that lives freely. But in this world, the world has conditions called the laws of the land, called structures, Call it whatever you want, the rules and regulations. But if we really look at even the rules and regulations, at least some of them, maybe not all of them, are really set up to support us while we're living in this world so that we really can function here and get along, so to speak, so it's not total chaos and where everybody's hurting one another, even though that obviously goes on. But that's not our focus here in Interlight Ministries. We need to honor and acknowledge the laws of the land. As I say, when in Rome, do as Romans do, right? Well, that's one thing we want to do here is honor the way things work in this world and honor even how the imagination and the emotions and mind work. Honor that. But it doesn't mean that we have to keep that as our focus and our law that we use or allow to restrict us and limit us, but rather as a way as how we can move in this world and function here. But that's a whole other topic and focus. And it's not one I'm actually going to enter into here other than giving it the brief mention I am because that's not our intention here. We're not here to try to enforce the laws of the land. Jim and I are here to share about this pathway of spirits, this path to soul awakening and soul liberation. And so we want to move ever into that spiritual action of freedom without all the restrictions that the mind, emotions, imagination, and body create. Well, think about it. Even in the word discipleship, discipleship is the word discipline. Isn't doing meditation a form of discipline? But what is discipline? Not a disciplinary action as in punishment, 
but a discipline as in knowing or training ourselves to hold a focus, how to hold our attention on something and keep coming back to that over and over so that we can get the full value and experience of that which we put our attention on. Just like in this world, we have to focus in school just to learn how to read and write and do math. We have to have a focus because in that focus it allows us to experience and become awake and aware to that which we need to awaken and be aware of in order to do whatever it is we're here to do. Well, the same is true spiritually, that we need to hold a focus. We need to learn how to train ourselves in focusing into that which we want, and in this case, spirit, our divinity, the loving, the peace, the joy, all the qualities of God, and God directly. And so, how do we do that? If we were already doing it, we would all be God-aware and awake already. And there wouldn't be the need to gather like this. There wouldn't be the need to learn how to meditate. There wouldn't be the need for the actions that we're doing here and other places in the world. So it's good to recognize that and honor that, that if we don't do it the way that it works, that we're not going to get what it is that we really want. And in this case, here in ILM, if what you truly want is to come awake and aware to your own divinity, to know who you are as that living, loving essence of God and your oneness with God directly, well, then it's important to be open to learn, to come into greater understanding of how to do that. That's why it's called a spiritual teacher and students, master, disciple, however you want to say it. It's one who has the awareness, who can share that awareness for those students who would like to learn. Let's keep it simple and real and practical. That's what I'm trying to do here. Yes, this is a mystical pathway, but it's one that is only mystical to the mind and emotions and body, not to the spirit. I make the jokes in here. We're trying to demystify the mysticism around the spiritual journey. But it's always going to be a mystery to the mind, emotions, imagination, and body. It always will be because the spirit is not of this world. It is of the spiritual kingdom. And so we have to learn how to focus into that, how to walk that inner journey, the actions necessary for that unfolding to take place. And so that's what we're doing in meditation. First and foremost, as the primary action in which we can Learn to focus and hold our attention and direct our loving. We're directing our loving first into ourselves and then into God, in and up. So we have to pull our attention away from the down and out focus through the mind, emotions, imagination, and body and bring our attention in and up. And not stop here at the seat of the soul. That's the first step to bring our loving back to ourselves, the soul that we are. And once we gather that, then it's time to know, focus and share that loving, to direct ourselves into loving God. That's really the truer, fuller action of meditation. But there's this process we go through of withdrawing our attention and love that we placed in the world 
and now bringing that loving back to ourselves. That's why we often talk about loving of yourself. Loving, accepting, forgiving. The first action is to love, accept, and forgive yourself. That's how we bring the loving, that spirit that we've placed into the world back into ourselves. We're giving the loving back to ourselves. People call it re-empowerment. We're empowering ourselves. That's what we're doing. We're bringing our power back, which is simply our loving and creativity that we've placed out into the world. And now we're bringing it back into ourselves. And then directing that now up, in and up. Now that we've directed that back to ourselves, now we want to direct that and share it with God. And believe me, where we direct ourselves, you've heard the phrase, energy follows thought. Well, that's great for the mind. Well, we're not talking about the mind here. We're talking about the soul. The soul is the energy And so we are focusing the soul that we are. That's all we're doing, no matter where we place our attention. Attention is our soul awareness focusing its loving, no matter where or what it is that we're focusing on. We are actually sharing our loving of who we are. And so what we're doing in meditation is learning how to bring that attention back to ourselves and then up to God. That's it. The simple action. But in the doing of it is where we fully awaken and experience the truth of what our divinity is, of what loving is, of what soul is, of what God is, of what the Holy Spirit is. Not in a religious sense, not in a theological, mental understanding, but truly through direct personal experience. So it's more of an action than it really is a learning or information. It's about an action. The information that I'm going to cover a little bit more here in these honoring our time together, as we go over this, you'll see quite a lot of inner actions and a few outer actions. And these are just simple things we can do to support ourselves, to honor not just our time together, but really to honor the spirit of loving as we spend time together. That's what it's about. That's what meditation is. So this is why I'm sharing what I'm sharing now because if you understand the soul focus in all of this, then hopefully you understand in the handout we give out and we will be the rest of the year through the retreats that we usually do them on. We decided to do in class to start to utilize this to support ourselves all the time in all of our gatherings so that we can really get the greatest experience while we're here together. And so even a lot of the guidelines, so to speak, we'll go over here, is really, if you look at this, is a way we can support ourselves in doing our daily meditation practice. Not just our time together here in a gathering, whether it's a class like today or in our retreats, but at any time, we choose to focus on the divine. So take these home with you. I'm going to go over these now, but take this home with you and utilize it to support you in your own action of spiritual focus and meditation. So I'm going to go over the first ones. Please honor our time together by the inner focus. That's always the primary focus, is to go within. And so, 
Nothing new is on here. None of this will be a surprise to y'all. Being focused on spirit. So please honor our time together by being focused on spirit. Just like we're doing in meditation, right? Isn't that the idea? When you go into meditation, is it to focus on the divine? Or are you going inside to figure things out mentally? Or to make your to-do list? Or to process through whatever desires you have? It's important to pay attention to what we're doing in meditation. But also here in our gatherings. That's why we wanted to do this. To create more of that focus so that we can all really come to that one-pointed attention and get the greatest value out of it. Being, and did you notice in all these, I use the word being in the beginning of them, so that it's not a to-do list, but really it's a beingness. It's an experience. So being open, honest, and vulnerable. Ooh, that's a big one. That's probably one of the biggest ones, probably the most scary part for most people. Being open and vulnerable, let alone honest. Well, most of us don't realize being honest really creates a state of vulnerability and openness. It's important to be aware of that. Most of us are afraid to be open, honest, and vulnerable because in doing so, what? I'm sure all of us have been hurt. We've probably been hurt. I remember as a kid, when I told the truth, if I did something wrong, got punished. Well, why the heck would I want to tell the truth then if I'm going to get punished? That's most of our programming. That's Again, there's the rules, the laws of the land. Punishment and reward. And so there's a training. The mind knows punishment and reward. But that's also the game of polarity that we talk about here that keeps the soul trapped and caught up in this physical creation. So one of the most frightening things can be to, once again, begin to open up and be vulnerable. Because we're, we have, in doing that, we're going to confront those fears of where we've been hurt before. And that's the challenge. But in order for the soul to get liberated, we have to be willing to confront our fears. That's probably the hardest part on all this, is this confronting our fears, because as soon as we begin to look, and listen to our fears, we think it's going to get us. We're going to get hurt again. And so we don't want to open up and be vulnerable because it's too painful. But here in lies the difference. When we have a focus on God and loving, well, in that focus, when we become vulnerable and open, God really is present here and now to support us and take care of us so that then our experience can be one of loving and freedom, not one of punishment and judgment and pain. That's the difference. I know it's a stretch for all of us, but that's the stretch that we all need and have to actually take in order to liberate the soul from all that pain and judgment and fear that we've been encumbered with in this creation. So it's a very worthy action to strive towards to be open and honest and vulnerable. Go for it. Do it a little at a time or a lot at a time. Many of you have. It can be really fun when you get a taste of it and that 
amount of loving that pours in, the more you give, the more you get. The more open and vulnerable you are, the more loving you experience. That's always the case. When you do it with that intention and focus of loving, of awakening to the divine, you've got to have that clarity of intention and purpose in all this. That's why I started off focused on spirit first, being focused on spirit. Number one, Jim always says, God first and God only. That's really all we need. But, well, there's no buts here. It is just God first and God only. So being focused on spirit. And as you are focused on spirit, well, these are the other levels of beingness that unfold in the process. Being open, honest, and vulnerable. And then, of course, the next one, being loving, accepting, and forgiving. LAF, there's our LAF acronym, of course. Being loving, accepting, and forgiving. Well, guess what? That automatically starts to happen. When you focus on spirit and you're open, honest, and vulnerable, you're going to be loving, accepting, forgiving. That's just the way it works. And if you're not being loving, accepting, and forgiving, guess what? You're not really focused on spirit. It's that simple. If you really, really acknowledge that, and not just play a mental game on yourself and stop denying and avoiding and bring it down to that level of simplicity and practicality, you're going to really begin to open up in a whole new way and truly have that greater experience of loving that you truly are seeking. It'll happen. It cannot not happen if you really follow the process in the way that it works. It just unfolds that way. And of course, after that, being responsible for our thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions. Of course, some of the core actions that we talk about all the time in here. Being responsible for our thoughts and feelings, actions and reactions. I know that's another big one. A lot of us think about responsibilities, often things that we are trying to be responsible for in the world. Well, I'm being responsible to my family, to my job, to my cat, to my dog, to my whatever it is. Well, yeah, there's that level of it too. But then what about our thoughts and feelings? How much do we pay attention to what we're thinking and feeling? And do you know that a lot of those things just run unconsciously? Instead of thinking, how about observing your thoughts in other words, you've got to take a step back inside of yourself to even look at your thoughts. And if you ever do that as a contemplative type of exercise, it's very interesting. You'll see that that mind of yours has been so conditioned and trained, you've got all kinds of thoughts running that now have been running so long you're just unconscious to them, aren't even aware of what they're doing. Anybody in here have a little voice inside that goes, you're so stupid, why the hell did you do that? Oh my God, I can't believe it, I did it wrong again, what is wrong with me? Those are the kind of voices, those are thoughts that are just running around that we've given energy and attention to that now have a life of their own and are empowered by us. What did I say earlier? Wherever we focus our attention, our attention is the movement of our own soul. It's loving and creativity. So if we give attention to different thoughts and feelings, guess what? We now have empowered them. 
So if we've got voices speaking like that in our head, well, those are voices of what? Condemnation, punishment, judgment, wrongness, fear. Anytime we feed those, guess what? We now have just anchored ourselves more into the mind and emotions. And this is how the soul loses sight of its divine origins. It's simply because it has placed its attention into these actions. We like to just simply say down and out. The mind, the emotions, imagination, and body. So what we've done is we've placed our attention into those levels of consciousness, and in doing so, we brought ourselves down. And in doing so, when we fed it enough, we've given it enough power that now it runs us. In other words, we've given our power away that we're no longer the master or captain of the ship, but now the slave to it. That's the way it's been taught for centuries. The captain and the slave, the master and the slave. That's this world. That's what the mind does. It enslaves the soul, but it only can do it because we, the soul, has given it the power to do it. And so what we're doing here in taking responsibility for our thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions is first becoming aware of what those are that we've given our power away to. And then now it's beginning to make a different choice, taking a different action, Thoughts and feelings that are always down and out are reactive. When we take action, taking action is a soul directing its attention now in the direction or the experience it wants to move. So if we take action as in directing our attention back towards God, well, that changes everything. That's how we begin to take the power out of all those thoughts and feelings bring it back to ourself, and now direct it back in the gun. I'll tell you what, it's amazing, the process. It sounds simple. You all sitting here, and if you're focused in your body, what's a thought? That's nothing. Well, I'll tell you what, if you go into the mental realm and you start seeing these thoughts on those other levels appearing as real as things appear here physically, that'll change your perspective a little bit. And some of you have had those experiences, often we call out-of-body experiences or visionary experiences and meditations. Well, those are awakenings and awarenesses to help empower you so that you can see how you've misplaced your creativity and loving. And in that now, you can begin to take responsibility and bring it back to you. And how do you do that? Loving, accepting, forgiving. As soon as you love and accept and forgive, you now detach or disengage that which you've placed your creativity and loving into to be able to bring it back. Taking responsibility, the ability to respond. We can do that anytime. It's freedom of choice. We have the freedom to do that. The reason we don't is because we're unaware. Well, in that unawareness or ignorance, call that stupidity if you want, we're all living in it. But in that is where we allow things to run us. That's not freedom. But through these simple actions that we share here spiritually is a way by which we 
begin to now detach ourselves from those things we've given our power away too and now bring it back home and re-empower us. To me, that's what taking responsibility is. No matter what the thoughts or feelings or actions or reactions in the world, that's what it's about. When you really change these thoughts and feelings by taking responsibility through loving, accepting, and forgiving, well, it's automatically going to transform it and you're going to bring your attention in and up and focus now on spirit. And as you do that, these other things just drop away. Those thoughts and feelings that were working against us, they die. That's the hard part because when those thoughts and feelings that we've given life to start to die and the life is being dragged out of them, well, guess what? We feel it. We sometimes think we're the one who's dying when that goes on. A lot of you know what I'm talking about because I've had quite a few people come up and ask me, oh my God, am I dying? Is this it? Over and over, Jim and I are sharing with people, that's not you that's dying. I'm sorry, you probably didn't want to hear that. You know, a lot of you would like to be out of this planet and back in spirit. And you will be if you really honor the process. The dying is the thoughts and the feelings or the karmic patterns for people who like that word, karma. That's what's dying off is the karmic patterns. When nails die off, the soul is liberated. So it can now return back into the spiritual kingdom. It's true home. Not this world. This is the home for the body. The true home of the soul is in that kingdom of God, the spiritual realms. And so it is through this action or actions that we can take here, that we're covering now, is a way by which we return home and truly live a life of freedom and liberation. Again, it's spiritually. It is not a life of physical freedom. It does not exist here. Good luck. Everybody who tries to create freedom in this world ends up having wars we're going to fight for peace. It's a little bit odd if you think about it. The truth is we're fighting to protect ourselves so we don't get harmed. At least if we're defending ourselves. Of course, there's always the aggressors that we're defending ourselves from. So it can go either way. Are you on the offense or defense? Okay. In this world, you have the right to defend yourself. And then, of course, the punishment's always against the offenders, right? That's what the legal system's set up for, isn't it? Even the political system. To right the wrongs. And I guess some people look at it as to wrong the rights. That's what a lot of it is. That's the game of the world and the mind that will never stop. Have you noticed that? Have you ever gotten caught up in a lot of those campaigns? no matter what the cause, political or otherwise, and all the reaction and the fear and the anger that goes with it. Well, it's, it's good that you have those experiences so you know the difference. That's what it's like to be caught up and attached because without knowing that, you're not going to know the difference then when you move away from it or towards spirit. There's a nice difference because all that stuff creates pain and suffering whenever you move towards spirit creates peace and loving. It doesn't actually create it. 
Peace and loving is who we are and what is always present. And all we're doing is returning to our true state of beingness. That's what we're doing here. We're not creating anything new. We're simply returning back to the true state of beingness that we are, always have been. So it's often a letting go process that allows us to move into that place of beingness. Please honor our time together by being compassionate with yourself and others. Being compassionate. Well, this kind of speaks to what I said earlier, those voices inside of us that go, Mike, what are you doing? What did you do? You're doing it wrong again? You stupid? That's not compassion. And guess what? When we run those voices in on ourselves, anything you got going on inside of you, you're going to project out into the world around you. It's the way it works. Can't stop it. Even if you don't say it, it's going to just come out your pores. You're going to be radiating all the negative or the positive or the loving or the hating, no matter what it is. It just comes out. You can't stop it, no matter how you try not to express it or how you try to express it. It's a trap. It's the way it works. But if we can begin to learn how to be compassionate, well, what is compassion? I guess we probably could pull out a dictionary and look at, see how it's defined there. But to me, Compassion is often the qualities I spoke of earlier, the loving and accepting. To me, it's more of a place of neutrality and peace. So it's really beginning to be more compassionate with ourselves, and as we do that, we're automatically going to be more compassionate with others. Because we truly do always project out onto the mirror of consciousness here. This world is one of reflection. And that which we project out is how we see because as that projection goes up on the mirror, well, we can see that on the mirror. And in looking at that, we begin to learn about ourselves and that which we're projecting, that which we've been living. This is part of the learning and awareness and awakening process is to learn to let the world be your teacher by reflecting back to you that, the lessons that you're learning. But you've got to approach it that way. If you approach the world with judgment and fear and avoidance and making it wrong and negative, it's going to be your experience. Unfortunately, you're not going to learn anything when you approach it that way. And then it just keeps now repeating itself because you're feeding that if you believe that. Beliefs are pretty strong if we give them our attention. So if you have a belief things are this way, Well, the more you believe that, the more of your creativity you give to it, the more power it has, and then the more it now works against you. It's all part of learning. If you can understand how this is working, not only can you begin to empower yourself, but then in that empowerment, then, well, if you want to experience more loving in this world, well, then you're going to project loving up onto the mirror that this world is, and so you have loving reflected back to you. It's a nicer way to live while you're here. It's never going to be 100%. 
believe me, because this world's not made up of loving. Only Spirit is. But if you understand the process, then you can allow it all to support you in your awakening, in your learning, in moving back into the true beingness of loving that you are. So compassion. Have that compassion with yourself. Another way to say it is quit being so hard on yourself. Quit beating yourself up. Be compassionate with yourself instead. The reason I put the word compassion in there rather than just saying loving, accepting, forgiving, because sometimes using different words or looking at it differently, sometimes a little different perspective can make all the difference. I know over the years a lot of us have worked with the LAF and it's become sometimes maybe more of a process than an experience. And so when I focused on the word compassion, to me that's just an experience, a presence, a beingness, rather than a process. Even though I word it as being compassionate with yourself. So it's still got that action or doingness in the beingness. But eventually we always want to come back to the beingness. But that's what the actions are for. The actions help us to redirect our attention away from the world and back into the Spirit. That's what it's all about, at least here for us. Being willing to have trust and faith. What? You don't hear us talk too much about trust and faith in here. Why? Because you're a bunch of liars. Well, maybe so. Live a good life, you're going to live one. Trust and faith. I know it means all kinds of things. A lot of religions are even called, what faith are you? It's one way to look at it. A lot of us have lost a lot of trust because we've placed it into the outer. And in that outer reflection, when it eventually comes back and bites us, again, we get hurt. We're in pain, and anytime we're in pain, we pull back and contract, and just automatically we're not going to trust going out here or the experiences because of what it does to us. This almost goes back to being open, honest, and vulnerable. Well, I like to make the joke, well, we, you can trust that. You can trust that when you do this and out there in the world, this is what's going to happen. Yep, I can trust I'm going to get hurt. When I enter into those areas, that's what comes with it. Oh, okay, I trust that. But, of course, we don't look at it that way. We look at, no, I don't trust that because it does this. That's right. So where do we want to place our trust? Well, ultimately back with God. But again, it's a two-step process. We've got to bring it back to ourselves. We've got to bring it back to ourself. And as we do that with ourselves, we're automatically going to have the trust with God. And then guess what? We actually will trust the world and others to do what they do. Whether it's painful or pleasurable, we'll trust them. So eventually it does turn around from the perspective I've shared about it over the years. That's why I came to that awareness. I can trust everything to do exactly what it does. No matter what it is that it does, I can trust it to do it. And then you can make the choices to enter into the areas 
that you've learned to trust that bring about the love, the joy, the peace that you're seeking of spirit and not of the world. I'll give pain one thing. It helps us to let go and detach from the world because we don't want to experience any more of it. So that can be a good thing if you want to look at it that way. It can help. But eventually, of course, we're going to want to forgive. Forgive the world. Accept how things work here and move back into the loving. When you have that, you're going to have trust and faith. But when you don't, when we're in a place of unawareness or unknowing, well, that's where faith comes in. And trust. Well, maybe not trust. Let's talk about faith a little bit here. To have faith that what we're doing is going to bring about a certain result or experience. Aren't we doing that when we meditate? Are we having faith when we meditate that in that action of meditation we're going to move into the experience of loving and awaken to know the truth of who we are? Spiritually, to have faith, we are going to move into liberation and freedom. Maybe even a little bit of joy and peace along the, the road here. It takes some faith. Believe me, if we don't have some kind of faith, we ain't going to do anything. Why bother? Well, another word I guess you could throw in there is hope. Faith and hope. It's good to have that. Without it, often we'll be depressed. Well, some, I was going to say empathy, but wasn't it more, I was going to say pathetic. <laughs> I feel so pathetic right now. Some empathy, yeah, that can help. But eventually we want to come and do having some type of faith and hope. And I want to throw another thing out there. Make no mistake, what we're doing here in Interlight Ministries is a spiritual pathway of one with a teacher and a disciple. It's not that there's specific roles, it's just the action of how this works and always has worked. If we don't have some level of faith in the spiritual teacher, whoever it is, whether it's myself and Jim, or anywhere in the world, if we don't have some level of trust and faith, then why the heck are we even there? Why come and argue and try to get your way with any spiritual teacher? Pay attention to that. I'm not saying to be blind and ignorant. And pay attention, because a lot of the times we don't realize when we are arguing, trying to convince and get our way, and believe me, Jim and I have a number of people who do that. I'm like, what are we doing this for? I'm already awake and know my oneness with God. I'm just here to share all that. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. What are you trying to convince me of? I didn't come to you and ask you to tell me how to get to God. I'm already there. Seriously, realize when you're arguing, not just with me, any argument, you're stuck and you're attached to a position and that is only 
limiting you and holding your soul attached doesn't do you any good. As many of you know, I like a good argument. Not really. I don't at all. I just know the process. And I know the pain that it causes in separation. And that's no fun for anybody. But be aware of that. Make some choices that support you and realize if you're caught up in a point of view, you're caught up and stuck. Don't come and argue your point of view. Rather, ask how you can get free of your attachment and where you're stuck on your point of view. You've got to have the approach that produces freedom, not the approach that just creates more restriction and limitation. That's what I'm really trying to say here. If you're not trying to get liberated as a soul, if you're not trying to wake up and know you're one with God, if you're not here to do what we're sharing here in the ILM, then why are you here? And I mean that. It's not worth it to yourself or anybody around you because it's going to cause a conflict inside of yourself that is going to work against you. And then if that's inside of you in reaction working against you, you're going to project that out onto me and Jim and everybody around you. And that's no fun for anybody. Why not just go about our lives so we can all find what we're looking for? And that way, those of you that are really here for the action we're doing in Inner Light Ministries, then you can really get the fullness and the benefit from that. That's what that's about. I'm not saying this to put anybody off. Well, actually, I am. If people are coming here to do something else other than what we're doing, I do want you to put you off. But to put you off in a way that you're going to leave here and go out and continue seeking to find what it is you're really searching for, then that's a blessing. It's not an againstness or a wrongness at all. It's actually a support. A lot of people don't realize when I get into those arguments with people, I look like I'm being mean. That's what really what I'm attempting to do is to help somebody move off their position where they're stuck. And if it ain't working for them in ILM, then go find where it can work. Jim and I aren't here to persuade or convert or do any of that. We're here as a place of opportunity, of freedom. Not everybody wants that, and that's all right. But I'd rather have it be that you give us the freedom as well, just as we want to give you the freedom. This makes it easier on everybody. As part of the beginning there, where it said, in the beginning, it says, please allow Jim and Brian the personal space before, during, and after events. If you want to share with them, please do so by asking questions during the event Q&A. So part of that is, it's hard for Jim and I now to spend all this one-on-one time, especially right before we're starting, like today, you guys saw, we're in here trying to sort through all the equipment getting set up, the sound checks and everything. Even when I did say hi and hugged a couple people, oh my God, I couldn't fully be present because I know we were trying to get this done and ready so we could set up and do the class today. So that's part of it. There's a practical level of handling the things we need to do because it's a little bit of a production now, have you noticed? 
not only a video camera, we've got a stage now here and these chairs and all these things to move. It's, it's a little bit of a project now. And that's all right, though. Because what we're doing is giving us all more opportunity and benefit. And I like being able to see everybody, which is really what the stage is about, not that we're, you know, getting a big ego about all this. Believe it or not, this is a really practical thing. And it really is a joy to be able to share here in person. And now, with all of you looking through the video, people have been asking for years, and we're really happy to be able to start sharing more in that way. Especially a lot of people I know that don't have any ILM community and that far reaches wherever. So that way it benefits all of us. And that part of that action is really here as a support for all of us. And a lot of what I'm sharing today came out of actions that Jim and I wanted to take to take care of ourselves. This is really all about taking care of ourselves. And what do we share about an island here all the time? Take care of yourself. The action of loving yourself. Jim and I found we were getting a little bit scattered too thin and then getting stressed out trying to say hi to everybody and talk and having all this going on and this and that and do what we need to do and hold the focus here. And it's just getting to be a little overwhelming. And so we realized, all right, we need to do a couple things different just to take care of ourselves. And in doing that, that way we all get benefit and also begin to see how to take care of ourselves. Just as Jim and I are trying to do here, and with the honor in our time together, if you do the same for yourself, well, then we all get the benefit. And then some really nice things come out of that. That's the whole purpose of all that. Be willing to participate. That's almost like the being open, honest, and vulnerable. Be willing to participate. Well, that can look like just right now, just listening. Just listening is participating. Are you listening or are you off thinking or doing something else in your head? Well, you're participating with something, so maybe I need to be a little more clear when I said be willing to participate. So what I, what I mean by being willing to participate is in this action and focus of spirit so that the time we have here together, which is a very short time, you think about it, a few hours, and one day a month, very short time. But the more we can have that focus by participating and holding our attention on loving, then we really get the maximum value of the opportunity that is here. And after that, I wrote, be willing to be your soul self. Be your, being your soul self. If you're willing to participate and do all the preceding steps I just talked about, you're going to wake up and really know the soul that you are to be able to be that. That's the whole point of everything we're doing here, is to really wake up and know your soul, the true self. And I said it that way on purpose, because a lot of time, the word yourself, people get caught up in their personality and their outer expression. And that's not what we're doing here. This isn't about outer expression and personal personality. This is about spiritual awakening and knowing and living the divine soul self, the divine living, loving essence of God that we are.
That's what this is about. So holding that focus. And here's a couple outer things. So please enter our time together by these other actions or outer awareness of being on time. Especially now that we're doing the video broadcast to honor everybody's time, no matter where we're located in the world, of being able to participate in this together. You know, and that's one of the things where, I mean, I'm the guilty of, of all, seriously. I love hugging everybody and saying hi to everybody and talking away. And then it's 1.30 before we start instead of 1 o'clock like we said, and it, it's been going longer and longer and longer. Uh, you know, it's my fault completely because I'm the one who loves doing all that, spending that one-on-one time with everybody. I really do. So I said when I wrote all this out and went over this and said, I'm going to have the hardest time with this, and then maybe Jim too, I don't know. But I realize that, again, it's an action of taking care of myself so that I can really be here with everybody and participate on a group level where it's just hard to do one by one by one by one. And we'll still have some of that, of course. There's always going to be room for some of that. It's just at certain times like here when we have a little bit more of that schedule and limited time together, we just really want to focus and honor that time. And so we would ask that we really start more on time now, which we're tempting to do. Today we would have, but, you know, again, it's still moving through the technical stuff, and that's all right. But this is why I'm saying even on, now that I'm moving on to the outer ways we can take action to honor our time together, to support this action of spirit, this again, where I want to say, I don't want anything to be a rule, ever. You're not on time. Oh, my God. 20 lashes for you. Oh. Isn't that what we're doing when we're judging ourselves and judging others because we're not honoring whatever it is we said we would honor? Call them guidelines, laws, ways and means, whatever you want. It's not about that. It's just a way we can really hold to that inner focus. So that way we really do get the greatest value of being here together. While we're here in this physical world, since this is a physical gathering, so we can get the greatest spiritual experience out of it. Being with cell phone off. I forgot to mention that. Actually, right now, make sure your cell phone off is, if you would, please. We would appreciate that, and especially during the meditation time, but really the whole time. We've actually had a couple cell phones go off now in the past, and it's like, you know what? That's okay. And this is the thing I want to make clear. I carry a cell phone. I use a cell phone. It's not making cell phones wrong or bad. They're very useful in this world. It's just that they're a distraction when we're trying to hold a focus here on spirit. If you haven't noticed, holding that focus on spirit is often more of a place of stillness and quiet. And so all we're trying to do is create an inner environment and some level of an outer reflection of that inner environment to support the spiritual action that's going on. And so it can help to let go of any physical distractions that would pull our attention away from that in and up spiritual focus. It's the whole point of it. Being quiet during the program. Again, the same thing. Same thing. I know we get excited, and again, this is where I said I love it. It's a great social time, too. A lot of people are very close and and great friends in here, and it's easy just to be talking, talking away with your friend, and it really does create a distraction, just like cell phones do. But just so you all know, 
This is why we're using the whole space here now. So what we want to do in the ballroom here, the great room, is keep it more kind of more of a quiet sanctuary. That's why we have the, did you see the signs coming in? Silence. We should put silence as golden. Maybe you should add that on that poster. (laughs) It's just for that reason. But that's why we have the dining hall. We're trying to keep the foyer kind of that in-between. So we'd really ask for before class and on the break and after, please enjoy all the social time and talking. We just ask if you would do it outside the room. Especially now, I know there's a lot more to set up, even for us on staff. A lot of the staff, they have to stay focused and get everything set up. And just trying to be social and talk has been a challenge, trying to get everything done so we can all benefit in that. So do use the dining room. That's why, that's why we're doing it this way. The nice thing is, too, you can hear us and watch us in the dining room up on the video screen and hear it. So like on break, when we start in here, if you want to keep talking in some conversation, you're more than welcome to keep talking in the dining room. I mean that. So those of us that are ready to gather after the break, during the Q&A, we can really come in here and be quiet and focused. Those of you that want to talk, this is the way we're trying to do it so we don't make any of it wrong. That, that way you can make choices to do what you want to do to take care of yourself. And so that's a lot of the reason for having this. Again, being courteous to yourself and others, it almost goes being compassionate with yourself and others. To me, the being courteous with yourself and others is more like an outer reflection of that being compassionate. Because look, at we all when you get in close quarters and next to people, and I know when we meditate and get really focused on loving, there's a heightened sense of not only awareness, but there's often a heightened sense of sensitivity. And in that, we tend to get a little more in that sensitivity a little more irritable sometimes as well. Because when we're really focused in that place of peace, that's where some of even a cell phone going off or other noise or people talking or whatever can all of a sudden jolt us. And then it's, it's not meant on purpose, I know that. At least I hope it's not. But just a way to be courteous and be aware not only of ourselves but also of those around us so that we can... He- keep more of that centered quiet inside um, as we move about the room and do what we do here. Again, in going over any of this, if you start to feel restricted and limited, it's not, then this isn't working. This is not what we're doing. Let go of that. If there's any restriction or limitation, you feel pressures just because of even me reading over these actions we can take to honor our time together, just realize those restrictions are the things that are going to show up to bring to our awarenesses where those limitations are in our consciousness. And that's actually good because we need to have those awarenesses in order to be able to let them go because most of the time they're running unconsciously and we're just living in that restriction. So when it comes up to our awareness, even though it can be a little irritating or reactive, it's not a bad thing. It gives us the awareness so that now we can begin to give ourselves back the power that we've given away to whatever is causing that reaction. It's the whole point of it. That way you utilize even the negative experiences to your benefit. 
and that that can actually support you in taking action to liberate your soul because these are the very things you've gotten attached to and given your power away to, no matter what it is. It can be the simplest little thing. That's where the LAF comes in. And kind of part of that is being aware of what's going on around you. Well, to be courteous, you want to be aware of what's going on around you. So like if you're moving your chairs around and stuff, just make sure you're not beckoning into somebody and tripping and falling over them or, you know, things like that or whatever you're doing. You know, during meditation, if somebody starts snoring and stuff, well, of course we're not going to be aware of what we're doing around us. That's where it's okay if somebody taps somebody on the shoulder just to bring them present. You know, it's those types of little things. It's kind of like what we do in the retreats. Being attentive and focused on spirit in the inner journey of awakening by keeping questions focused on the interaction of spirit and not about the other actions of the physical world or what to do about it. So that's a big one we often talk about in here. And one of the things I always like to share, it's not about the physical or talking about it. What Jim and I are attempting to do here in the gatherings is really create a focus on the divine. And it's through these different actions we take that can all direct our attention into spirit and into the loving. And anytime any one person, let alone a group of people, do that, there's going to be an open door for spirits to move in and through the consciousness. And that's the point of it all. And at times when we get too caught up or focused on the physical things in life and trying to figure it out and we bring that to Q&A and asking Brian and Jim, oh my God, should I buy this house or that house? Should I get this color car or that color car? What should I do about this and what should I do about that? Well, you've heard us talk about these things in different ways. That's often called, that's your karma. Well, what is a karma? That's where our lessons are. Those are the opportunities where we can really learn this is the whole point of taking responsibility for our thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions. So it's through these physical experiences and choices we make, not only in this world, but even on the mental and emotional level. That's where we learn our lessons. And guess what? It doesn't even really matter what the ultimate answer is because you're going to learn something no matter what. Whether it's the right answer or the wrong answer, you are going to have an experience and learn from it. And that's the thing we're trying to share here. To really live from a spiritual perspective and focus, we have to be willing to accept the right and the wrong. And if we're always trying to get it right and always trying to avoid doing it wrong, what are we doing? But simply limiting ourselves. And so if you come to us with questions like that, there's nothing else we can do with that. Even if we couldn't tell you what to do, that's not going to change it. Because it's not about that. And if we stay focused on that, we're keeping the door closed to spirit. So what we're really seeking, thinking it's about we've got to make the right choice here in the world, what we're really seeking is that greater experience of loving and getting free from making the wrong choice. And this is why he put this in there. Because all Jim and I are attempting to do is try to hold or raise our focus higher than the physical, 
higher than the imagination, higher than the emotions, higher than the mind. And in so doing, it'll open up the spirit. But we in ourselves have to lift ourselves into that focus in order for that action of spirit to take place. And this is true of anything in life. We have to do that. Jim and I can't do that for you. So by answering physical questions, it doesn't assist at all in raising the spiritual focus. What we can do is help maybe give some greater understanding of the process and how that works. And that's all we attempt to do here. So even though we talk about physical things in here, that's fine. It's not about whether they're talking about physical things or not. It's really more about the focus. Are we focused on the physical or are we focused on the spiritual? And that is we even talk about physical things that we're doing it from a focused perspective on spirit so that we can really learn from our experience and get the understanding and fulfillment of the experience so that we can now be free of it and now liberated from it. That's what we're attempting to do here, is move towards that spiritual freedom and liberation, not trying to get this world right. We are not doing The world will never be right. There's never a right answer. Even when you've gotten the right answer, well, after a little bit of time, it becomes the wrong answer. Have you discovered that? It lasts so long. Well, why? Because once you've learned the lesson in that, the karma, when it comes to a completion, you're done. So if you keep trying to do that, it now becomes the wrong thing to do. So you've got to learn to focus inside and not make it about the physical, but about the spiritual. And then whenever it's done with the experience, well, you're focused on spirit. That helped you get done with it anyway. But then when you are done, then it's the action where you're now free of the attachment and the lesson with whatever that physical experience was about. And then you can move on because you're focused and moving with the flow of spirit, not caught up in the physical. Is it called beating a dead horse? That's pretty much what it is. The horse was fun when it was alive, but when it's dead... You want to let it go and go get a new horse. Give it a proper burial. Be grateful. And let go. So if Jim and I sit here and answer physical questions, giving physical answers, well, we've seen people where we have done that in the past, hold on to that for years and years when maybe it was only meant for a year or two. And we've seen that work against people. We've had our own experience doing that. That's not what we're really here to do anyway. Spiritual teachers are here to teach about spirit and how to live more into the action of spirit. And believe me, here's the nice thing. When you really learn to live a life focused on spirit, then your life is going to transform and change the way that's truly going to best serve the soul and what the soul really wants. And things always work out when you do that. When you're not doing that is when you have the challenges and things aren't working out. When you can really shift your focus to spirit, then all those physical things start to work out. Even if they take time to work out, they start to finally work out. That's why Jim and I are always attempting, no matter how physical something gets or discussion or question, 
we will always bring it back to a focus on the Spirit and how to handle it that way and how to move our attention in the Spirit. Because Jim and I know, as you move your attention in the Spirit, the physical part is going to unfold because you're finally letting go of your attachment. That's the spiritual action we're doing here. And letting go of attachments is how you liberate the soul. It's as simple as that. So pay attention. Don't make it wrong. Go, oh my God, now that they said this, why? Well, there's something here I'm learning about the physical, but now I don't know how to talk about it because it's talking about the physical. So I said, we don't care about, it. it's okay with us to talk about the physical. But when your focus is on the physical, trying to figure it out and getting us to tell you what to do with it, that's where we've now lost sight of the Spirit in it all. And I'm more than happy to go over this over and over. If you have questions when we move into the Q&A this afternoon, ask questions. And those of you watching on the video, when we show up in town, ask questions. We're about to begin tour season. Tomorrow, Jim and I are on a plane and over to the Midwest. So we'll be over in the Midwest, and then back in Austin, then out to Hawaii, then back to Austin, and then over to England, and then back to Austin. So we're next six months is our tour season. <laughs> we're traveling again. This is the other nice part of sharing this through the video, that everybody can get it now, but we'll be covering all this even in our travels. So that helps support all of us. We're on, a, we're on the same page. And I just really wanted to take the time today to share what's on this page with hopefully more that greater action of spirit and what it's really meant to support. And hopefully that's coming through and sharing about this. And I'm going to read the last paragraph. It's important to remember that ILM is here to support the soul's inner journey of awakening back into the heart of God. ILM is not here to tell people how to live their lives in this world or what outer action to take, including attending ILM events themselves. So in a way, I already talked about that. Don't make even what we're doing here in ILM more important than the inner. If you make anything in the physical more important than the inner, it'll get in the way. And it's showing up that way. Like sometimes, you know, all of our events, well, here, I'll read it. I wrote it in there already. ILM's outer events are simply to assist in giving greater clarity and understanding as to the inner spiritual journey. Our wish is for everyone to live the loving in everything they do, whether at an ILM event or anywhere in the world or with anyone for that matter. This is done inwardly within oneself, regardless of what, why, how, when, where, who, with. Please make the interaction of loving the focus rather than the outer action of the world. God first and God only. And that's the key here. Listen, I know I love coming to all the classes and the retreats. I was doing that before I was in this action of service. I do everything I could to do that. And for some of us, that's the case. But here's the thing. If you start making that, the outer action, more important than certain responsibilities you need to take in your physical life, then it gets in the way. We don't want anybody doing that. We want ILM to be an action of service in the world that serves you in your spiritual journey, so that you really do take responsibility and get the karmas done, get the lessons done, learn, let go, move into the loving. And that includes even financial responsibility, like going to retreats. They cost a little money. It's the only thing we charge for, basically. 
But ILM doesn't get any. It goes all to the retreat center. That's part of the practical things in the world. But if something like that stretches you too much, that's why we have scholarships. But also, it's not just that. If it's getting in the way of responsibilities you need to take in your life and handle because of this retreat coming up or any other thing, better to go handle what you need to handle in your life by taking responsibility for that. ILM's always going to be here doing what we do. There's always another retreat. My God, look at all the stuff we have on the, on the website now. So all the things we have in the physical, there's plenty now to support everybody from the classes to the retreats to all the things on the website and now the video broadcasting. All these things we have to support that inner journey. But please don't make any of the outer more important than actually doing and experiencing the inner. All that we're doing and making available, and there's more and more of it all the time, it can become an outer distraction, and we don't want it to be that. All this is to support each of us in the action of meditation and awakening. It helps to have the understanding. That's why I wanted to go over this today. Because if we don't have the understanding of the process and the how to get so liberated and wake up and know our oneness with God. If we don't know how to do that, it ain't going to happen. So yes, we need the information. Yes, we need the support, the classes, the retreats. Those are needed. But not all the time. There's a time and place for it. And there's a time and place where we've got to let go of that and really just come back to the inner. Because that's what all the outer actions that we do here in ILM is truly to support that inner. We want to make the inner first, God first and God only. Let the outer support that for you, however it does, whether it's coming to classes and retreats, whether it's listening to things online, whether it's not doing any of that, and just going inside and meditating on that action of loving that we share, then just do that. It's your choice. And it changes often. It changes. Allow yourself move with that flow however it is for you. Whether it's more outer participation or less outer. That's not the participation that really matters. What matters is the inner participation. And let the outer support it however it does. And that's for each of you to discover what that is for you. For me, it's all the time. This is balance for me to go to everything. That's my balance. If I don't do it, I get out of balance. That's me. It's always been that way for me from the very beginning, though. 26 and a half years ago when I started meditating, it's always been that way. But that's me in my life. Discover what it is for yours. Let all the things we do here support you. And if something doesn't support you, then find what does support you, no matter where it is or who it's with. That's one of the biggest things I'm trying to get across here on a physical level, because I know if we honor that, then truly then the spirit inside of us is going to be honored and we're going to get the greatest benefit that we're really seeking anyway. God bless everyone. I love you.